Hey, welcome to the next episode of the Disciples Made podcast. Thank you. We are in a series right now where we're talking about small groups. Oh, you're talking about people, not just... I thought you were talking to me. I wasn't. I was ignoring you, actually. (laughs) I should probably start ignoring me right now. That's a good idea. Okay. Hey, we're glad you're here. Brian, I'm glad you're here as well. We're in a series where we're talking about small groups and that small groups do not actually have to suck. Our small groups can actually be dramatically improved and upgraded when they are a part of a larger disciple-making ecosystem. And one part of a disciple-making ecosystem that I think is one of the perhaps most hidden dimensions is the importance of an invitation. Hmm. Now, we've all had invitations that were uh creepy or manipulative like have you ever been in that situation where uh suddenly you realize oh this person's trying to sell me something i thought we were just having coffee oh no this is so awkward (laughs) you know what i'm talking about you're like uh you want me in some pyramid scheme with you i thought you actually just wanted to have coffee okay that's not what we're talking about for sure what we're talking about is the kind of invitation where your pulse goes up like your eyes open up a little wider, your mind kind of shoots up into the stratosphere of possibilities. You feel valued as a person that this other person wants to go on an adventure with you. They want to invest in you. Jesus had a very particular way of inviting people forward. And unfortunately, that way of invitation has largely been lost and it is absolutely critical in the disciple making journey so we're going to jump into this today and again the tension that we're riding with small groups and disciple making is you know sometimes let's just be honest people get into groups and they were asked to be in a group to find a friend and then you start trying to kind of turn up the temperature on disciple making and it feels like a bait and switch to people it's yeah. like, wait, wait, wait a second. I thought we were just, I thought we were supposed to be friends. And now there's all these other expectations. I didn't really sign up for that. And so we're just going right smack dab into the middle of all that. And how is it that Jesus had an invitation strategy that he knew would actually lead to real community, but it was the result of something more he was inviting them to? He wasn't just saying to the disciples, Dudes, let's just hang. Let's be buddies. Let's be friends. So let's get into it. Brian, let's review a bit. Uh, what What is this season about and why this provocative name? Do you just want to keep saying the word suck every week? I, don't, I hate that word. I've always hated that word. Well, then why did you pick it? Because it stands it bo- out. It's the only thing I could think of to reflect... Uh, what pastors were saying. Well, my about, mom's disappointed, okay? Well, I'm with your mother. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Wagner. I agree with you. This is a horrible name for a podcast. It's not my jam, uh, but it is a big word that says, I was completely dissatisfied with that experience. Yes. And what we are seeing in the data, if you go back and listen to the two previous uh, episodes in this season, is that we're looking at the data that says pastors are saying small groups are not working when it comes to multiplying disciples. So that's the season we're in. Why the provocative name? Because it doesn't have to be that way. 
small groups can work. They, in fact, are working for what we're using them for. And what you said there, Rob, at the beginning is critical. How you invite people to something commits you to what you can expect of that group experience ongoing. It so really the, does. The invitation is basically a promise. It is. One way or the other. Yeah. So you're going to spend time from the platform for perhaps three or four or five weeks over the summer to try to recruit people to start a small group in the fall. And you're saying you need friends, you need community, you need support. All those things are true. But we need to be really, really careful if we want those things to be about multiplying disciples. How do we work that language into the invitation so that people don't experience some type of bait and switch when they get there? Good point. I it just brought something to mind. I remember at Granger, one of the lessons we learned along the way is early on, we were promising so much community mm-hmm. through small groups. I think kind of friends you're going to find and do life together and we realized even that level of promise saying you'll do life together yeah we got a ton of feedback from people saying that isn't actually what small groups deliver so you guys are asking us to sign up to do life together and i actually am ending up with people that are sort of a little bit better than acquaintances so so we had to rearrange and kind of recraft our language yeah. so that we weren't even over-promising on small groups. Yeah. So let's get into that. Today we're talking about invitations into small groups. What does that invitation look like for most church leaders? And how is it that that invitation actually makes it hard to multiply disciples? Yeah, real quick comment on what you just asked beforehand. I think uh, there are probably people on the podcast saying, but I did experience that. I got deep friendships, mm-hmm. like lifelong friends. I actually know several of my friends have been in a small group forever, and they go on trips together, mm-hmm. um, and then they, 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 you know, marriages and births and all that stuff they experience together. So we're not saying that it doesn't happen, but we're asking the question: How do we make sure that this happens for most, if not all? That's where we're that's where we're headed, and I like that. So back to your question: What does the invitation look like in most uh, settings, and why is it making it hard? Well, often we sell people um, on community, like we've said in the last couple of episodes, and we sell them on the simplicity of hosting, which we talked about in the last one as well. Leaders are taught how to host a group, but they're not discipled to disciple. And if you're not discipled to disciple, you can't multiply. Mm -hmm. Well, let me say it better this way. You can only multiply what you are. Mm -hmm. So what are you multiplying? Another person that can host or are you multiplying a disciple? And that goes back to the definition that we talked about uh, in the last episode. So what efforts did you try to use to multiply groups and, and, why did you think it didn't work? Because you talked about that last week, you know, talking about at first we said divide. That went over like a Led Zeppelin. Right. Then we said multiply. And they said, we still think we're doing division. And then finally birthing. So walk us through that. Why didn't it work? Uh, well, again, just look at the language. We invited them to community to find a friend. Or at most, we invited them to benefit from the topic of the group at hand. Yeah. I remember one great one that we used one uh, 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 January was simplify. 
uh, you need to simplify your life. And there was some great, this came out of Willow, and there were some great marketing things that talked about how your lives are too busy, mm-hmm. gave data on how life was busy. And it's a, it hit a real important need in people's lives, not just a felt need, but a real need. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of new groups signed up on that. They were committed to that topic because that topic uh, made sense to them. So they got in for that topic. I think it was five or six weeks long. I can't recall. Uh, but they found that valuable and they got that information, but it was really nothing more than just another data dump Mm -hmm. facilitated by the pastor via videos Mm -hmm. hosted by the small group leader, who's really more of a facilitator than a disciple maker. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we sold them on that. We sold them on the topic, sold them on community. They went to the group. If they found community, they might've stayed for the second thing. We always had a second thing, right? Mm-hmm. But they may not have. And the invitation then was kind of uh, dependent upon whether they got what they signed up for or got what we promised them. Did you get the community? Yes, I might stay in. Nope, I'm out. Did you come for the topic? Yep. Did you like the topic? Yep. Did you not? <laughs> and you didn't stay. So that's how that all works. So does that mean we just need to change the invitation altogether? Is that what we're getting at here? Well, I don't I think community is highly valuable, so I don't I don't think we need to get that out of the invitation. And I do think working through materials is valuable as well. So I don't think we need to completely change it. But the big thing is um to consider it and therefore speak of it as a first of many steps. Like if you're the communicator up on the platform, whether you're um, like the host for the weekend service or the pastor that's making this invitation, or if you're the discipleship person up on the stage that's teaching that weekend in order to try to drive people into that experience, if you know that it's the first of many steps and it'll come naturally and organically out of you, that's why I said consider it to be the first of many steps first and then speak of it as the first of many steps. For example, you could say something like, we all need community to be a disciple and to join Jesus in his mission. You ought to take a first step in that pursuit if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and these small groups are a great first step to help you live that fully alive life. Yeah. yeah. I'm inviting them to the group, but I'm not inviting them just to the community or just to the topic. It's perceived as a step in that direction. Yeah. The, and when we do end up inviting people into an intentional disciple making environment like Fowler's made yeah. or missionaries made, it's going to be an effective invitation if we already have relationship with people. Totally. And that's why you know? we need to keep these. Yeah. And that's where, uh, you know, West Side Life groups, fireside groups, those kind of social spaces give you relational credibility and then the Holy Spirit is highlighting, hey, as you start this FM, invite these people from one level of community to an invitation into a new type of community that's built around the mission of Total. making disciples. Yeah, I mean, if you think of it, an illustration would be like, if you came to me and said, Brian, uh, I'm thinking about going and running a marathon. You want to jump in? Like 26.2 miles? I'm not even up for a half marathon right now. Yeah. Um, 
I don't even know that I'm good for a 5K. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Can we start with a long walk, <laughs> a long, brisk walk? You know, it's like yeah. I see small groups as kind of that first step of mm-hmm. spiritual fitness Yes. to where the marathon at some point is no longer an issue. It's so good, man. So how does this multiply disciples? Um, I could see someone maybe right now going, this doesn't really seem to change the DNA enough. Are you sure? Is this really going to work? This is perhaps the the key component of the whole podcast right here. I remember when I looked beyond the short game of recruiting new group leaders um, and group participants and started the long game thinking. Here's what I, here's what I'm here's where I'm getting at with that. The short game thinking was, I'm the group's pastor. We've got a big rock this year as a whole church to go from X groups to you know double that or whatever percentage. There's a, I'm going to be held accountable to get so many groups. So I've got to make my selection of the course curriculum. I've got to uh, nail down all the processes of invitation. I need to make them simple, obvious, strategic, all the things uh, laid out. I need to make sure that the worship team gets me worked into the, the format of the weekend service so that I can make the asks early in the summer, late in the summer, set it up, start recruiting the leaders, go through the whole process. Like There's a whole system to doing this successfully. And if that's all, then it's short game thinking and it won't change the DNA. However, when you start to look at this as long game thinking, all of that that we just talked about is just a setup for something more. I remember I began recruiting new group leaders just to see who God might be raising up to be disciples. So when we would do these things, we weren't satisfied with growing the groups by 30% or 40% or whatever the number was that year. We were raising up new hosts in order to see a new potential lineup of people that my team and I would invite into followers made groups. That's That was our primary objective. Is it a great win that they got into these groups? Yes, it is. What's the real win? We just found out people that were kind of raising their hand to say, I want to be more involved in this Jesus game and praying for those people to see which of them might we get a light bulb over their head in order to invite them into a followers made in order to truly disciple them in order that they would take the DNA of these groups and the practices therein back into their groups in order that they would get the whole kingdom multiplication DNA into their soul and therefore into the hearts of the people in their group. It's just so much fun. These leaders were the genesis of the group and they're now taking back the character times calling equals impact DNA into their group, making it more open to multiply long-term. So then how does this actually multiply groups specifically? You're infusing small group leaders through FM with spiritual habits. They're learning shared leadership. They're learning character times calling equals impact or getting more fixated on mission. But how does that actually specifically multiply groups in? It might be helpful for me to answer it this way. What is specifically keeping us from multiplying groups right now? It's that we don't have a picture of what else is ahead. Remember I started talking about, you know, there's the short game and then there's the long game. What's the long game? Complete human flourishing in every individual in our church. 
that extends out everywhere else. What's the picture a, 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 one of these group leaders will get when they come into a follower's main and they start to truly become more like Jesus in character. They're more loving and joyful and peaceful and patient. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, <laughs> their their spouse is sending whoever's leading that group a letter saying, I don't know what you're doing with my spouse, but you can't quit because they're more fun at home and they're more patient with the kids and they're, they're more joyful. They're more at peace, all these things. And then they start to tap into the beauty of heaven coming down in them and then through them with their giftedness. Their giftedness is being identified. The spiritual gifts that the spirit has given them are being identified. They're using those gifts in the group itself, they're getting peer feedback about those gifts from the people that they're growing to trust in that thing. And they, they take all that energy and that aha and that excitement and they go back into their group with that excitement. They, the group members, the small group members, not the followers made members, the small groups that they're leading actually watch their leader change in real time. And they say something in their subconscious like, I want what he or she has. How do we do that? Will you step up and lead this small group next semester? <laughs> Isn't that powerful? Mm -hmm. That's what we've seen happen. These followers made participants are actually raised up to lead their own followers made. And who do we fill those followers maids with? A bunch of people that were previously small group participants become small group leaders. Mm. So that's how we multiplied. They carried the energy back. And they asked, I call it energy and it sounds awfully new age. So sorry about that. This is the new age. Jesus did come to usher the new age, by the way. Um, but there's this power that we experience when we are abiding with Jesus, growing in character and calling mm -hmm. that gets caught back in our small groups. We as followers made participants get leveled up. And as we get leveled up, we invite other people to level up because it's natural. It's not this weird, hey, will you be willing to step up and lead next semester? It's There's a hunger to step up and lead. There's like a gravity up. Mm. A gravity up that pulls people more into this beautiful thing called the fully alive life. And that's how it multiplies. Right on. Well, listen, if you're if you're resonating with this and you're ready to move from the short game to the long game, you want to shift your invitation focus to the long game, we just want to say again, we're here to serve you. We'd love to have a discovery call with you. Uh, we'd love to connect on Zoom or in a phone call to help you explore some meaningful next steps to uh, basically inject a disciple-making DNA not only into your small groups, but into every cell of the body of your church. So let's get connected. Definitely. And hey, come back in a couple of weeks as uh, Brian Johnson is going to join me and we're going to talk about how our quarterly small group leader trainings uh, can be utilized. We all kind of recognize that they're not effective at getting DNA into groups, but they can be leveraged in order to make a difference. How does that fit with what we're doing in this kind of a ground war here with the uh, disciple making with leaders? Come back and check it out. We hope that what you heard today was an encouragement to you or that it increased your curiosity in making disciples that make disciples. If you'd like to learn more about our experiences or set up a coaching call, 
You can visit us at disciplesmade.com or email podcast at disciplesmade.com.